<laughs> We've started. Hey, Sally. Hey, Tyler. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Oh my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> what, let's dive right in. I know. I know. Let's hurry up and let's hurry up and get through our stuff that we do so we can get to the real, the real meat of this conversation. Um, Sally, what's the best thing that happened to you this week? Okay. The best thing that happened to me this week is, uh, I had a really great date day and night with Justin. We had like date night and then we went into date day. It was fun. There's nothing even like super huge about it. It was just a lot of fun. And we found a really great brunch spot near where we live. Sounds awesome. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I had really great everything there. It was delicious. Okay. <laughs> what right. about you? Um, oh boy. I think the best thing that happened to me this week is I listened to a couple of podcasts that, you know, that was like nothing earth shatteringly new, but some things resonated with me in a new way. And I just feel like my mode of existing in the world is shifting into one of curiosity which I know is like your favorite word. It's my thing. I know. Um, but anyway, it's interesting because it is like this gentle, friendly energy. And I feel like mm. the best things happened that I'm just like shifting more into that. And it's making everything so much more fun and magical. And that's not a very concrete thing to share, but it feels nice. So there mm. you go. I love it. Yay. Oh, boy. Um, this is our shortest best thing that happened conversation <laughs> that we've ever had. <laughs> we It was very simple things, but both really great. Yes. Mostly, I'm just excited to talk with our guest, and that is Courtney. Hi, Courtney. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. How are you today? Very good. It was a crazy day, but it was good. <laughs> All right. Well, Courtney, you are here to talk to us because a year ago today, you made your Broadway debut as a dancer in Phantom of the Opera. That is correct. Oh, boy. I'm freaking out over here. (laughs) (laughs) All of the emotions. Um, So I would like to invite you, Courtney, to... Take a moment and shut your eyes and take a really long, deep inhale and exhale and go back to a year ago today and just feel how you were feeling and then share with us a little bit about what that feeling is. A year ago today... I thought that I would be very nervous and I was, I was nervous to make my debut. It was also a unique situation. Normally what you do when you enter the course, the Phantom of the Opera is you learn the entire show in a week. And then on that Friday, you have an opportunity to, run through it with the whole cast and then your debut would be on the following Monday. So you would have the weekend to process it and then you would dance on Monday. For me, because of scheduling, I learned the whole show, rehearsed with the company on a Monday and then went in the following Monday. So I had seven days of no rehearsal. I didn't even, I went, I think I watched the show, but it was very strange that I had this whole week. It's like, don't forget the show. Don't forget the show. (laughs) And, um, but I was also very, very calm because at Phantom, Phantom is the longest running show on Broadway by far. And we've been running for 28 years. And so (laughs) I'm one of many ballerinas they've taught this show to they have it down to a science, essentially. The dance captain, Polly Baird, and the assistant dance captain, Justin Peck, were very clear in everything that I needed to do. They taught me uh, what people are come, kind of surprised to learn sometimes is 
half of the information I picked up from them is what I did on stage. And I would say the other half or potentially even more than half is what I'm supposed to do backstage. I have a certain time that I get each wig on at a certain place, with a certain amount of pins with a certain person. And that detail carries over to costumes. It carries over to even when you're walking backstage, who has the right of way in a small hallway? Who has to be on stage next? Is it your turn to stand aside or is it your turn to take the right of way and go? Because you have to get on stage. All of those things had been running around my brain all week. But I also felt that I had, I knew them. I had been taught them. I had written them down. I had studied them. And now I was just going to execute them. And it was a very Zen-like day. I woke up and I meditated and my mom came to support me and she got a hotel room. So I had a place to really relax beforehand, which made the biggest difference. I ate only my favorite food. Yeah, I know, mom. It makes such a big difference. Um, I was able to relax with her and then take my favorite ballet class, do my favorite vocal warmups, um, eat my favorite foods. I arrived at the theater very early. Um, and it was just wonderful. It was surreal. It was a dream. It was everything I thought it would be. It was wonderful to have my mom and, um, a couple good friends surprised me and came on my opening night which was really nice too. Um, but really what I was so surprised by, and I am still surprised by, uh, is the amount of people who contacted me on that day was insane. I mean, people that I danced with when I was 13 years old and, (laughs) you know, I remember resting in the hotel room beforehand and just scrolling through essentially kind of the pages of my life with all these people who had reached out because nobody dances on Broadway. No one who, who, who performs on Broadway does so in a bubble. You don't really achieve anything like that by yourself. It is really, I've been dancing since I was two. So every single person I came in contact with and danced with and who, sewed costumes for me and taught me what first position is and told me not to, not to be scared before I went on stage when I was five years old. Um, you know, the moms who were backstage, all of those people in a way were there with me, uh, not just in my mind, but they actually reached out to me beforehand. It was just so cool to feel that community behind me. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that that felt kind of like Well, I'm not sure. I'm not you. (laughs) But I can imagine that that felt kind of like bolstering. Oh, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I felt great. And the, the company Phantom is one of the most welcoming and kind and helpful companies I've ever worked with. I mean, every single person backstage wanted to help. Mm -hmm. Um, wanted to be forgiving, wanted to be generous, wanted to, um, make sure that I had a good experience. And I felt that, and it was very special to feel like a part of the family, family with a PH (laughs) right away. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Phantom with a PH. Oh boy. (laughs) I love all of this so far. Yeah, we're like a sorority over there. Have you seen sororities do that? Alpha Phi does that, you know, yeah. family with the PH. It's like that. <laughs> That's amazing. Sounds like less catty than a sorority, though, probably. Yes, definitely. Yeah, there's not the sororities are all are always bad. I'm not. I'm not. Tyler's, any judgment calls. Tyler's got a war on sororities. That's that's the secret of today. Ah, uh, I true. see. There's always a secret. <laughs> Not get me in trouble. <laughs> that's all right. It's all right. Yeah, no, I was. Uh, there was zero cattiness um, in in my dressing room, which is just makes going to work so much better. <laughs> but so, Courtney, I'm curious. Um, I also danced from you know the tender age of three years old 
until my, let's say, sophomore year at college. Um, Mm. And I'm still very sad that I didn't pursue that passion. Mm-hmm. And my question doesn't feel directly related to that, but I guess I just wanted you to know <laughs> that yeah. about me. Um, my question is, had dancing and dancing on Broadway specifically always been the dream? Mm-hmm. This is a really interesting question. And I am, I'm friends with many dancers who chose not to pursue dance as a, as a profession for a multitude of reasons. And I was one of those people as well. Uh, I always wanted to be a ballerina. I pictured myself in a ballet company. My dream company at one time was San Francisco ballet. Mm -hmm. And then well, my first dream company was Cincinnati Ballet because that's where I grew up and I loved all those dancers. And then <laughs> I quickly discovered after puberty that becoming a professional ballet dancer specifically was going to be an uphill battle with my body and with my hips and with my ankles um, and pretty bad Achilles tendonitis from age 13 to 17 that I was battling. And Mm. it just became, and then, and then it was the whole culture of you just don't really go to college if you become a ballerina. And so I realized that, wow, I'm going to have to give up my education, which I love. I independently of I, I didn't go to college because you can make more money after you go to college, which is sometimes true, sometimes not. I went because I actually love class and I didn't want to give that up and take on a life of physical pain. And so giving that up was very, very painful. And I would say it took two years for me to fully give it up. And no, no, I really don't want to do that. And after I gave that up, I wasn't able to imagine another future for myself in dance because I had had that narrow picture for so long. And so I created a future for myself in a brand new world. And I majored in psychology and worked in research. And then when I graduated, I worked in heroin addiction research for a year at Bellevue Hospital. Wow, that's far from Broadway. It was really far from Broadway, um, <laughs> not really geographically, but in terms of the right. parts of New York I was interacting with um, were very far. And I remember the day at the hospital, I, well, I, it was, it was kind of slowly I got back into it. I started dancing for my friend Monica Hogan, who I went to school with and I was dancing for her company and she was working around my regular nine to five work schedule. And then I started a question. Yeah. Yeah. Before we go further. So you say that you had gone to college and you had given up on this dream of being a ballerina, Mm -hmm. at least in a ballet company. Um, but even in those moments when you had quote unquote given it up, did you continue to dance? Yes. I, my senior year of college, I took class, I would say a couple times, or no, my senior year of high school, I took class maybe a couple times a month, but mostly I taught ballet my senior year of high school. And then in my four years at Duke, I took ballet two to three times a week in the mornings. But going from dancing eight hours a day on point and we're dancing in the school and in the company at both Cincinnati Ballet and then working many hours at San Francisco Ballet, that was nothing, you know, just doing it two to three times a week. I continued to do it because... I, you know, I don't really know why I, I, I came to a place with it where I was able to enjoy it as a recreational activity by, I would say my junior year. This is all just so amazing to me because 
as you know, I also went to Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you're saying about like the choice between giving up your education and being a dancer is something that I thought was the only option, mm-hmm. really. Um, and I almost didn't go to college. I almost moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, to see if I could make it. Right. But uh, in the end, I was just kind of a chicken, and I was afraid that I wasn't good enough, and mm-hmm. I was afraid about not having health insurance, and I went mm-hmm. to Duke, and I took some of those 8 a.m. <laughs> ballet classes <laughs> yep <laughs> which like almost killed me freshman year you know just like go to ballet at 8 a.m and you can just smell the alcohol oozing out of my pores because oh that was when i started drinking too and yep and ballet wasn't what i wanted to do and i was i mean i was kind of like screw this i was like yeah. ballet's not my jam 8 a.m. is not my jam either. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Being drunk in ballet at 8 a.m. also oh no one's God. jam. Not a no good idea. <laughs> Just uh, not. Did you have that teacher with the red hair? What was her name? Um, you know talking about ballet teacher? Julie? No, I had Julie I had and Tyler. Oh, Tyler was great. Anyway, <laughs> getting off. Anyway, I stopped. I stopped dancing mm-hmm. um, by my sophomore year. And I just want to say that I admire you so much for the ability to keep dancing and to find joy in it because I couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. And, oh, boy, I have gotten back into dance a little tiny, tiny, tiny bit in the last year. But I swear the first time I went to a dance class at Broadway Dance Center, I was, like, having a panic attack texting Sally outside being like, I can't go in. I can't go in. I'm going to die. Um, because I had cut myself off so completely. It's really painful for dancers to come back to dance. And a lot of us have stories where we leave and come back and Mm -hmm. people describe it like a breakup. And it really Mm -hmm. is because you devote so much of your childhood to it. And I've tried to figure out why sports are different. And I think it's because if you are really good at soccer and you're on the soccer team and you are practicing every day after school, um, well, let me think. What's a better example? Oh, I met a swimmer because soccer seasonal. It, it's different. But I met a swimmer. Mm-hmm. Swimming is all year round. He was good enough to go to the Olympics, and he never did for a variety of reasons. But it never entered his brain that he would be a professional swimmer. He said, I would go to the Olympics, do the Olympics, and then I would have my regular life. Mm. And for dancers, it's this, do I, do I do this as a career? Do I want to give my whole life over to this for the rest of my life? Yeah, and then teach and choreograph? The of everything else. Right. Exactly. And I think there's a little difference there. It doesn't, the, it doesn't work for all sports. Some sports you can very easily make it a profession, but I think it's pushed more in dance and talked about more in dance studios than if you're on a really great swim team in high school and college. Mm -hmm. Um, and even so with sports, you're still going to college. That's the difference. You're still getting Mm -hmm. a degree. Um, you're not forced Mm -hmm. to give that part up so early. I mean, making a decision at 18 about what you want to do with your life is a lot different than making a decision at 22. Mm. I think, uh, but it it does another question about why it might be different. And I think I have to go like around the point to maybe make my point. So please bear Mm -hmm. with me. Um, first I want to be very clear. I'm not saying that there is no heart or passion in sports because I know, I know there is, Mm -hmm. Well, I had a teacher, a dance teacher at one time say, like, if you walk out on that dance floor and you do something true that your soul shows. Mm-hmm. And I think I was young when she said that, and it probably didn't fully resonate with me what she meant, but it did stick with me. And 
I think about how hard it was for me to go back to dance. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if it's because, like, dancing puts me in touch with the soul of who I am in a way that absolutely nothing else does. And I was afraid and, like, hiding from that. Because once you've been disconnected for so long, it's scary to yeah. look at that and to, to re revive that connection. And I wonder if that is part of the reason that the leaving dance and coming back to dance is a story for so many dancers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I absolutely think that plays into it. And then adding on top of that is that it's something that you, you are expressing your soul with your body. And as we get older and as thing, our bodies change, there's that additional fear of, will I be able to express myself in this new body that I have, this mm -hmm. body that is an adult and walks around New York City and sits and works really, really hard and sometimes eats healthy, but sometimes can't afford it. I, that is, it's totally different than when you are 15 years old dancing five hours a day after school and your mom is cooking mm -hmm. you home cooked meals. It, it, there's that fear as well. And then it, it's also reinforced by culture. I don't look like what dancers look like. Most people don't look like what dancers look like. I still don't think I look like what dancers look like. And I'm a dancer. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. The images we have in our brains of that. Um, and that also doesn't help, especially mm -hmm. when we're dealing with, as you said, the medium of the soul which I completely agree that that is the medium of the soul. I like that. Um, I, oh, go ahead, Sally. I think it's also, and I don't know how much, again, we don't, I don't know anything about athletes is basically what I'm learning from this conversation, but, <laughs> um, in sticking with that, I think there's also something interesting about <laughs> like the idea, the notion of the starving artist, because I gave up singing. So that was my like big thing. Mm -hmm. I had been a singer all my life and like up until a, a couple of years ago, the absolute highlight of my life had been getting a solo in my high school chorus on my, in my senior year. Mm. Um, and, and then I stopped because in college you could only be in the chorus if you were a music major. And I was like, well, I'm not going to make any money as a music, as like a, as a singer, like mm -hmm. I'm not going to pursue this professionally. So I'm not going to be a music major. So I guess I'm not going to be in the chorus. And so I stopped singing at all. And then it wasn't until many years later that I gave myself permission to pursue that again. And I was similar to Tyler's experience where I was freaking, I was freaking out. I was mm -hmm. like, how am I really doing this? Am I really going to sign up for this thing? I haven't sung in so long. What if I lost it? What, you know, like it's all well and good when I'm singing in the shower, but like, do I know that I'm going to be able to like hold that note <laughs> for as long as I used to? Like, do I still have the diaphragm power? Mm -hmm. Um, like going back to that, like, I'm not going to be a music major because I'm not going to make money off of that. Mm -hmm. I think that that, that there's an element of that too, that maybe, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how professional sports work. Like if you're not in the NBA, right. um, <laughs> but presumably you get paid something, I'm guessing. That, and like, there's yes. a lot of like, I'm not going to make any money because if I'm singing in a chorus or if I'm singing in a band, then I like, I have no idea where my money's going to come from. Right. And I think that's a, a little bit of a difference too. I know there are different echelons of sports. Um, you know, you make much less in minor league baseball than you would in major yeah. league baseball, but there is a potential huge monetary game gain mm -hmm. from, there is a potential huge monetary gain from going into sports if you are the best. The interesting thing with dance is even if you're the best, the path is not as clear. It's mm. not as clear. And even if you're the best, you're not making millions. I mean, I think there's maybe 10 <laughs> <No>. ballerinas. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not going to put out figures, but I would say very few ballerinas make six figures a year. It's very mm. rare. Um, mm. Well, cause there's a hundred girls waiting in the wings. Yeah. I mean, who want to do that and be that? 
Mm-hmm. And I think that part of the pain of it too is that it's a it's a growing pain. I don't know if you guys remember the moment where you figured out that capitalism was going to kind of run your life. <laughs> yeah, There's this like, moment for me. It was paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, it's yeah. really painful where because you're told up until a certain age, you can be anything you want to be. Follow your mm. passion. Work hard. If you work really hard, you'll be okay. And then there's a point where you realize that's not really true. If mm-hmm. I can work really, really hard, but depending on what industry I'm in and depending on how valuable that is and in demand that is to society at the time, and if I am a person with privilege to have access to those resources and those clients, depending on all of those factors, I will maybe be remunerated for my hard work. Mm-hmm. And that realization is also is oftentimes coincides with the quitting of dance. Can you tell us about that moment when you had that realization? Oh goodness. Well, it it was two moments. It was the moment I went to college and started looking at a different career path. I chose another career path that I knew I would not make as much money as I could in investment banking or consulting or even being a doctor or a lawyer. I chose research, but I chose it over dance because even though it's let it's little money, it's stable money over over a period of time. There are mm-hmm. a lot of jobs in healthcare in general. Um, right now it's a growing industry and it's just a clearer path. At Duke University, you get a couple options of paths, and that was the path that I chose. And I knew if I got a certain GRE score and really good recommendations, and I wrote a thesis, and I got that research job, and I got those recommendation letters, and I applied to all the grad schools, and I did everything right and checked off all the boxes, I would be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, with dance, you can check off all the boxes all you want, and you're still going to auditions five times a week with hundreds of girls and not booking anything. And it doesn't mean you're not a good dancer. It really, really doesn't. It means that you're just not booking work right now. And I didn't like that instability. So I chose stability first. And then I remember my senior year of college, the actual realization where you sit down and you do the budget of living in New York Wow. Do, like, oh do God, I? Wait. Can I just say that, like, I went to Duke, and you're like, I had a plan. I was going to do my GRE. I, like, went to Duke and still didn't know what the hell I was doing. Uh. I had no plan. <laughs> Senior year came, and I also moved to New York, right, as I graduated. Uh-huh. Um, never made a budget. Never <laughs> sat down and said, how much is it going to cost me to live? Just, like, moved here and was like, please... God, help me find a job that will enable me to live. And that's the way I've lived my whole life. So I just want to take one second to applaud you because you're like, well, obviously you sit down and do the budget, but that is not obvious, girlfriend. (laughs) You are an amazing human who has her shit together. And I'm just sitting here being like, well, I feel really lucky that things worked out because I did not have a budget or a plan for my degree, which I now don't use. Well, the, the thing is that... Well, we can get back to that later. I'm sure you use your degree. I use my degree at the Phantom of the Opera all the time, and it's in psychology oh, and business. I mean, it's... Well, that's I should totally... have majored in psych, but that's well, another story. <laughs> that can be applied to anything. <laughs> but um, not that I'm using psychology on people, but you know what I mean. It's the critical Uh-oh. thinking yeah. They're going to hear this, that... and they're going to be like, stop psychologizing. Yes. <laughs> I know, exactly. I don't want anyone to hear that. I'm not doing that. It's just the, the ability to critical think and keep facts straight and study and all those things is what I mean. Um, which you can learn psych profiles of every single. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm like studying everyone. No, not at all. (laughs) Which I think you can learn all of these things in the workforce as well. I just got to learn them in a a nice sheltered environment, (laughs) which was awesome. Mm -hmm. But, um, Wait, I just totally lost my train of thought. I'm sorry, that was my fault. No, no, no. We were (laughs) were talking talking about capitalism. Oh, we're talking about (laughs) capitalism. Oh, okay. So there's a flip side of that in that 
there's a, there was always a lack of bravery in me because I lived my life in such a regimented way. And it's mm. really funny when people tell me, wow, it's so brave that you decided to become a dancer because I did it in the least brave way possible. I did not leave my day job until <laughs> I was so secure in another job and had enough savings to last me at no point during my dance career, which has only been two years, have I ever had to be brave in, in, oh. in that way? Because Come on, though. Well, brave in auditions and things like that, <laughs> but brave financially. And once I figured that out in New York, that you can, if you want to be a dancer and you also want to make money, no, you're not going to make investment banking money. It's, you know, that's, that's not, I gave that up with the, the research. That was fine. That was a cry fest too. That's hard to give up. Um, separate conversation. That moment you realize that all of the power structures that exist in your microcosm are really just a part of the macrocosm. And that by choosing to not yeah. buy into that, you are choosing to remain without that high yeah. level of income and power. That is a separate conversation. <laughs> <laughs> different happening in the outside world. Yeah. There's happening <laughs> in our small little world. Yeah. yeah. That, that realization was the second one. That like, was really shit, I should be friends with those people. <laughs> <laughs> it's like being shit. friends with them does not help though. All that well, you get is like a, yeah, a couch to crash on guys. Just, just for the people, the young ones listening, don't be friends with them just because all it'll mean is that sometimes you'll get to walk their dog and stay in there and like hang out at their really nice apartments downtown. Well, and I think, I think that it's a valiant (laughs) effort. There's like, there's an alternative life. I feel that I could have lived where I broke into that man's world and that was my mission. And that was what I wanted to do. I didn't, it's too Mm. not going that way anymore, (laughs) 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 but, um, yeah, there are ways to do it and feel safe financially, you just have to know you're going to have to work a lot of hours. You know, you can make How many hours are you talking? I want to, so we were talking about like your transition from your day job to dancing. And then I interrupted you and got way off track. So let's bring it back around and let's talk a little bit practically about what life you were living at that time. It it was, I, I was never willing to give up any kind of feeling of security and financial independence for dance, but I was willing to work lots of hours. That was something I, Mm. I was willing to give up. I was willing to give up, you know, my social life for a while and my sleep for a little bit. So you can't give up your sleep totally, but you can cut back here and there. And so, I, I mean, I was lucky in that I worked a regular nine to five. I really only worked 40 hours a week. And so I used, all the rest of my time to dance. Essentially, I was dancing for Monica Hogan Dance Works, and then I danced for two other companies that would work around my uh, dance schedule. I used one of my vacation weeks at the hospital to travel up to Kotzbahn and perform. And essentially, all weekend, all evenings, I would go after work. There was a 5.30 class that if I ran from the hospital, I could make, and then I could do the 5.30 to 7, and then the 7 to 8.30 if I if I had enough money, um, that yeah. was, that Classes was, they're not cheap. No, they're, no, not, they're not cheap. And so I took a second job as a tutor and babysitter yeah. to, to pay for all of, to pay for my dance habit, essentially. <laughs> um, that year was, was hard and I couldn't, it's not sustainable to work 16 hours a day. Half of those being dancing, something physical, it's Mm -hmm. just not. And I figured that out and I thought, okay, so I can either make dance more recreational or I can find ways to make dance more lucrative. And dance is Mm. not lucrative in the modern and classical art forms, unless you're at the top and I'm not at the top. Um, and it's more lucrative in musical theater and, uh, more commercial style dances. There's a lot more jobs on cruise ships and amusement parks in regional theaters around the country. And so I figured out that I needed to learn how to do other styles and I needed to learn how to sing. And so I started investing my money in those areas 
And the first job that I booked was a cruise ship in Germany. And I gave notice at the hospital. I wanted to finish out my full year at the hospital um, and finish out the study. So I gave notice that I would be leaving. And that was a nine-month contract. So I felt secure. I felt like I will have food. I will have a place to live on the boat. (laughs) I will have money. I can leave. I'm okay. Um, And then I ended up never going on that cruise because I booked the Radio City Christmas Spectacular. which was a two month tour in December and it was a better opportunity. But then I was, then I was like, ah, now I have a two month tour. That's better than this cruise. But uh, what am I going to do in the fall? What am I going to do in the spring? That's just two and a half. I think it was two and a half months. So I, um, auditioned for Bush gardens, which is this theme park where my mom (laughs) lives because theme parks don't pay a lot of money. And I I needed money to live and to pay my rent if I couldn't get a sublet. But I thought amazing. Yeah, I'm just like you may not think that you have bravery down. I think you do, but self discipline and also like like street smarts. Oh, you're so sweet. (laughs) You guys are really sweet. (laughs) I wish you could see my face as you're describing this. This is amazing. It's like the life that I didn't live. Like I feel like. First, I'm not brave enough, and then I'm not self-disciplined enough. And like, how do you think of this? Um, we're not marked explicit in the iTunes store, so I'm trying not to curse. But anyway, funny. continue the story. Bush Gardens. Yes. Oh, um, yeah. So I thought, oh, I can live with my mom, and then I don't have to pay rent, and yeah. we can share some groceries. You know, living with the dream, <laughs> moving back in with mom. Um, and it, it was actually a really great opportunity. I went to the audition and I was, I thought to myself, I I want this job. It was perfect timing. It was the two months before I would be on tour. I walked out. I knew I didn't get the job. There were girls in there that were better than me. They were just better Mm. than me. And so I figured out who was casting it and I found her on LinkedIn. I couldn't believe she was on LinkedIn and I can't believe she responded to me because I've done this with other, this is not a practice in the dance world, in the other worlds that I live in, in other industries, it's totally normal to network. You don't really do that with choreographers. So I can't believe she responded to me, but I messaged her and I sent her a vid. I didn't learn the tap cause I don't tap or I didn't tap very well. I've kind of learned since I found the video of the show online and my sister taps. So she helped me learn it. And then she filmed me doing it. And we <laughs> sent amazing. the YouTube link to this choreographer. And I said, look, I know that I didn't do the tap in the audition, but I can do this. I know I can do this. And she was like, she's very nice. And she's like, okay. But I, I just knew I still didn't have the job. <laughs> and so I, Oh my God. Oh my gosh. I just told the story wrong. No, I knew I didn't have the job. So I took the train to Williamsburg to audition again. I went to Virginia and I thought I'll see this woman again. Again, didn't do the tap. (laughs) Then I sent her the video YouTube link. And I think finally she was like, this girl, fine. You can dance at Bush gardens in front of people eating corn dogs. If you really want to, that's fine. Like she was, nobody else wanted this bad. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She gave me the job and it was, it was a perfect job because it allowed me to learn other styles of dance, more commercial mm-hmm. styles in a safe environment. Uh, and I met some of my best friends on that gig. We always laugh about it because it's, it's really hilarious. I mean, people are actually watching you while they're eating turkey legs. It's so <laughs> funny. It's just, there's just no glamour at all. You're just sweating in front of them. And uh, it was so fun. I had a blast. Um, and then this same woman that I sent the YouTube link to, she remembered me in December. I remember waiting in line at the food line at Radio City and thinking, wow, I am unemployed starting January 1. I am totally Mm -hmm. unemployed. And I got this email in my LinkedIn inbox from this choreographer. And she said, hey, what are you doing next month? We're looking, we need somebody at Norwegian Cruise Lines. And I was like, here's my video. (laughs) What do you want me to learn? And so she actually also got me my following job at Norwegian Cruise Lines. Um, And then after that, I came back to the city, finally feeling financially secured enough to just audition. And I did side jobs as well. 
and that's what started my New York career. But that's the story. Wait. That's that's the story. Okay, my missing piece here is so when did you decide I would like to pursue dance again? Oh. Oh yes. So I I people don't believe me. You have to confirm with my best friend Cedric. I was at work and we're going to fact check for the podcast. You have to, cause yeah, people think it's it. so corny, but this is what <laughs> happened. I was bored at work one day because someone's going to show say, up. If you say that you were watching, so you think you can dance crying <laughs> on your couch. <laughs> cause that's what I do every time I watch. So you think you can dance. I'm gonna oh my God. Like, okay. Sorry. You were bored at work one day, but I was bored at work because one, someone didn't show up for an appointment. And so I was on Gchat. Oh gosh, I hope nobody from Bellevue Hospital listens to this. But I went on um, (laughs) I went on BroadwayWorld.com to look at auditions and dream about taking two-hour lunches to go to these auditions, maybe, and then randomly coming back with a French twist. And I was like, "Uh, "Where'd you go for lunch?" But um, so I was dreaming about that, and I saw the audition for The Phantom of the Opera that December. And I oh, wow. G chatted my, my friend Cedric, who is my dance partner at school. He lives in San Francisco. And I said, I feel like I could really be in the show. I think I could actually do mm-hmm. it. I don't sing and I haven't had point shoes on in five years, but I think that if I got my, uh, stuff, <laughs> we don't want this to be explicit. <laughs> if I got my stuff together, I could really do that part. And he said, yeah, I think you could do it too. And so I think from that day, it took two years. Yeah, mm. two years oh, to God, figure so out cool. how to it get that job. It was Phantom of the Opera. Huh? It was Phantom of the Opera. Though. It was. It, that was the final, the final straw, knowing that I could aspire to a job that would provide me with some kind of financial security the feeling mm-hmm. of a real job uh, that I felt I could do, I could become. I I had to learn. I had to learn how to sing, mm-hmm. and I had to get back in shape. Um, but yeah. But you're just like I could do this. Oh my god, I that, could do that. The fact <laughs> so, that you have that, so, yeah, I could do that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry, we're gonna have a song, a song break. Yeah. <laughs> um. But the fact that you, because to be honest, I look at dancers all the time and I, and I think to myself, I could do that, but it doesn't go beyond thinking I could maybe I do know. the physical dance. Like I don't, when I'm like, I could do what it takes to get myself to a place where it might be possible that I might be hired for that job. I have no doubt that I could do the job. Mm-hmm. But yeah. getting myself to that place to be hired with a job, I don't know that I could do that. Well, and that's what stops me anytime that somebody, because I'm constantly, people send me things like auditions, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, this is not happening. <laughs> there's, no, mm-hmm. there's no way I'm going to do this. Like, it's just, no, I can see myself on Broadway. Sure. it was, mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. I'm a great singer. I can dance, you know, if I need to. Mm-hmm. I've taken dance classes. It's great. Like, I guess I could learn lines. Sure. But like the actual getting to that point, I'm like, there's no way I'm doing this. I'm not going to audition for this because it's not happening. What's happening right now. If you are not aware, Courtney, is that Sally and I are both just like in awe (laughs) staring at you, like bowing at your feet. Like crazy. This is amazing. No, we're not not crazy. crazy. (laughs) You went from like a nine to five job, just like, okay, pretend it's not you for a second. And let me reflect back to you. I have, wait, I have a great one. I have a great one because I have a friend who was working at a hospital as a researcher. She has a degree in science research like cell biology. I don't freaking know. Um, and decided that no, actually my passion has always been dance. It, it still is dance. And now she's on tour with Prince Royce and Pitbull. Wait, I, you know, someone else has done this. Well, I guess it's not as hard as we thought. What's well, but, 
Well, <laughs> but I think that it's... <laughs> these girls who are like, I'm going to do science. They're like, no, screw that. I'm going to go dance. I'm going to go dance with Prince Royce. That's amazing. I want to meet her. I love Prince Royce. That's so cool. Yeah, she's great. But like, yeah, like I, it's amazing though. And it's not like she just, I don't, I mean, I don't know the nitty gritty of like her everyday life. And like, I haven't had this conversation with her, so I don't know, like, whatever you seem to have really you had a plan <laughs> um <laughs> there's a lot of action taking from you but um but yeah it's like it's amazing to think that you can go from this one extreme to the other like i just i don't even have words i just keep i just keep jumbling oh my words because i so don't have them cool. yeah Do it's amazing board? yes yeah but, I don't end up on Broadway. <laughs> you could, you could. I, Courtney's like, I'm, but you could. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like so much of it is, I had a lot of friends help me. Someone in particular taught me how to do visualization techniques. I, that helps I mean, we're so all much. up on the visualization. <laughs> well, and this, I would like to go back to you saying you're not brave. Because, yeah. like... The fact that you even allowed yourself to entertain the desire Mm -hmm. to dance professionally after you had, quote unquote, given that dream up, like Mm -hmm. that is an act of bravery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think. It totally is. I think that you take a break from the visioning (laughs) and (laughs) like the next time that you have scheduled for visioning, just use it to really breathe in your bravery. And I like, I'm similar. People say that I'm brave. I do brave things all the time. This is what I hear from people. And I'm always like, I just did a thing. Uh Um, but yeah, take a moment to just like breathe in all those decisions that you made that led you to this dream of yours that you had closed the door on. And then just like decided to open it again. And then two years later are in it. I mean, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And like, no, it's not just like, I don't know. It is as big and as small as you just kept making decisions that got you where you are. And all of those decisions were brave. If you were right, if we were all in the same room right now, I feel like Sally and I would like join hands around you and like jump up and down. I know. Like, we're going to force you <laughs> to celebrate how exciting this is. <laughs> so wait, we're almost out of time. And I'm like, I really want to, I want to bring it back to now you dance mm-hmm. on yeah. Broadway. How many times a week? We do eight shows a week. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> uh, how does that feel? It feels great. It's really wonderful. I I was a vacation swing up until about four weeks ago, which means that I went in and out of the show based on if people were taking leaves of absences or taking vacations or were uh, injured. And so I, it was it was off and on and I've been, I'm in full time now and I started four weeks ago and it's a Zen, Zen like existence. It's very ritualistic. There are certain Mm -hmm. things I have to do every single day before the show, certain things I have to eat and rest. Um, and it's really wonderful. It's it. I, I have no complaints. I love the people that I work with. I love the dancing that I get to do. I find joy in it. And when I'm tired, I try to find more joy in it and that will get you through. And the music, the music will always get you through anything. It's always oh, yeah. there for you. That's, that's what it is. I can't is. believe that we haven't sung any songs from Phantom I know. Right also PS Phantom of the Opera is the first Broadway like music that I ever sang because I sang it in high school and only the second Broadway show I ever saw so I was like obsessed with it for so long I was like this is the theater oh my god (laughs) obsessed guys (laughs) wait so I when I saw it on Broadway I didn't really want to see it because I had seen the movie and I was like eh 
movie is like not that great. Do I really need to pay to see this on Broadway? It's a terrible movie. <laughs> I mean, the movie's fine, but then you see it on Broadway, and oh my god! Like, no wonder it's the longest running show. It's freaking phenomenal. It's so good. Oh my gosh! I'm so I, excited to watch it again. I know. I need, we need to go see Courtney. I should come see. Yeah. Come whenever. Yeah. Oh boy! Yeah, I'm okay. in forever. So <laughs> back to, to serious conversation again. Um, so now you're a full member of the company. Congratulations! Thank you. Ooh, thank you. It's such a big deal. I'm so proud of you. I don't even know you, and I'm so yeah, proud of me you. Me too. I want to ask you what you're visualizing next. Mm-hmm. That's, me too. That's a great. It's hilarious that you asked me that because I actually broke my sleep schedule last night. I can't believe I did it. I wasn't that bad, but I didn't get as much as I normally get to oh stay boy, don't up. Don't get me started about my sleep schedule. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, tr- I try to keep it more regimented for the show now um, yeah. because it does really affect performance. But I had to finish my new vision board last night. Um, I made oh. one when I decided I, I wanted it. to be in the Phantom that's of the Opera. That's why you're staying up late. Yeah, that's why I'm staying <laughs> up late. You make him a vision board. Um, and yeah, I started one two years ago and I've just been adding and subtracting to it. And I looked at mm-hmm. it a couple weeks ago and I thought, wow, it's just, I have to just completely start over. It was this feeling of a new chapter. Mm-hmm. And there are just totally different things up there now. I'm really missing the intellectual side of life. And so I'm, I ha- I'm doing the show every night and it's wonderful. But my life is no longer filled with auditions like it used to be. We have rehearsals sometimes during the day. Um, but during the days, I'm finding that I want to use my brain more than my body so that I can be rested for the shows. Mm. And so I'm looking for opportunities to do that. And I'm becoming very fascinated with research particular research being done at business schools on performance and psychology and Mm. performing eight times a week and what that means and what I'm learning from that and just having access to all of these people who are not writing articles at Columbia Business School but have all of this information about how to consistently perform difficult feats eight times a week I want to gather that information in some way and share it with other industries. I'm obsessed with this. Yeah, me too. I'm not sure how to do that yet. The smartest way to do it, because I want it to be in a language that is appealing to everyone, to all, to all mm-hmm. industries. Uh, so, yeah, that idea is percolating. I'm not sure if it's an independent book, if it's a series of interviews, if it's, I mean, the first thing I need to do is a literature review of all of the research on performance. I uh, love lit reviews. That's what, yeah. Lit review. <laughs> so, you know, I'll be reading a lot of all, all the research and all the scientific articles on that and compiling all the information that we have in that field and seeing if there are any holes that, Broadway dancers could fill with their knowledge, Mm -hmm. Broadway singers as well, and uh, performers. Uh, Mm. But I haven't started that lit review, and so I won't say anything more because I'm not really sure where that will take me. But I'm excited. Oh, boy. I'm just sitting here (laughs) thinking, like, how proud your parents must be. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm mostly thinking that I'm obsessed with you and can we be friends? Let's be friends. Let's totally be friends. (laughs) You guys live in New York? I do. I do not anymore. Okay. Tyler? It's okay. We're going to It's happening. I live in New York and I'm totally free during the days a lot of the time. I still want to be friends. I can help you with lit reviews. I love lit reviews. (laughs) Lit reviews are fun. We can decide that later. We only have like just a couple more minutes with Courtney. (laughs) 
Oh, I don't like, want you to go. I know. Me too. To go do the show. <laughs> no. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So, oh boy. Take a minute now, if you don't mind, and take another deep breath. And looking back over what you've accomplished, not just in the last year, but in the last two years, how do you feel from this vantage point? I feel empowered. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel that I decided I wanted something and I took steps to achieve it. And that is what has changed my life even more so than dancing on Broadway. The mm. act of saying I want something, saying it out loud to other people, putting it up on my wall and saying I'm going to do this and then actually doing it is what has been life-changing. And it makes me feel that no matter what happens, if I walk down the street and I'm, you know, my ankles run over by a car and I can never dance again, I will be able to figure it out. I will mm -hmm. sit down and I will decide the life that I envision for myself in this new state of, in my physical being, whatever it is. And I will be able to be happy because I will be able to make that happen for myself. And that, that's what I'm feeling right now. And I want everyone else to feel that way. Oh, well, in what, in whatever inspired. they want to do. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I feel very inspired. So I can't imagine how listeners might feel right now, but I'm guessing there are a few people out there who you've really inspired with your story today also. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for sharing yeah. with us. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm so honored to be on your show. Really. It, ah. it is just wonderful. <laughs> um, I'm glad, I'm glad this worked out today. Yeah. Me too. Ugh. Well, oh my gosh. I, I was about to say stop, but then I decided I didn't want you to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Receive it. <laughs> I know. That's why I didn't say stop, but I still had the impulse. Um, Courtney, have a great show tonight. Thank you guys. I wish Hi. I could stay longer, but I you know, know I have to do my rituals. <laughs> yeah, know. those are so important. You got to go honor all of your yes. rituals and everything. So we're going to do our little social media plugs. Um, oh boy. You can, Great. you can leave whenever you're ready, but before you leave, you can share your social media. Okay. Um, stuff. <laughs> if you want, no pressure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can, if you want, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, that as you've heard from our conversation is my favorite medium of communication. <laughs> no, that's how Sally and I wait. Yeah. Reconnected, but go on. I have a lot to say about this. Go continue. LinkedIn's amazing. <laughs> I love it. I'm on it every day. Uh, I'll respond to you. Uh, it's Courtney, C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y, Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N, Lou, L-I-U. Oh, I hope you get so many LinkedIn messages. <laughs> I know. Too. This that is makes amazing. me so happy. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> well, guys, I... I want to reflect more on this and reconnect with you because this definitely feels unfinished in lots of ways. Mm -hmm. um, particularly talking about uh, the pain of leaving an art form that you spent so much time on. I'm really curious to hear more about that and and uh, and unpack some of that because I think it's really it's really important for how we educate our young dancers in the future. And bring uh, and bring in ex this. <laughs> examples of people. Uh, sorry, one more tangent, then I gotta go. Uh, I was speaking <laughs> with somebody the other day, and he said, "Well, I I don't think I'm a professional actor because I've never been paid for acting, even though mm -hmm. he's he's worked a lot." And I said that by making a statement like that, you are deciding that you are going to let capitalism decide your worth, your professional worth. Oh, damn. It okay. doesn't, doesn't work out. That's not, that's not correct. It's the amount of time and effort and what we learn from it. So I just, your craft. Ah. yeah, it's about honing okay, your craft. So, 
So maybe we will have a special episode. Yes, yeah. this is happening. This yes. has to happen. This conversation oh has to happen, and we we have to empower people to know that work that they do, including work at home, stay at home moms, whatever work you do, if you are doing work and you are doing it to the best of your ability, and you are getting better, and you are treating it like a career, that is work, whether you are being paid or not. So that oh, has oh to be gosh. talked about. You're making me feel like a superhero, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go out and like conquer the world. <laughs> ah! <laughs> okay. Oh, maybe we could mm-hmm. take a dance class together. Except I would be nervous. But <laughs> oh, let's go to a hip hop class. That sounds so fun. Ugh. Then I wouldn't be so nervous. I'm jealous. Right. I know that you have to go, Courtney. Don't. Get go 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 go. <laughs> we <Bye>. love you. <laughs> Bye. Oh, oh my gosh, boy. so I'm good. I'm obsessed with her. I know. Um. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh boy. Sorry, everybody. We got real excited. Yeah. This is this is the best. All right. So, Tyla, where can the people find you <sighs> on the internet? On the internet, I am at tylafowler.com. I'm also on Facebook, and Instagram is Tyla M. Fowler, M as in Megan, because that's my middle name. This is like my new catchphrase since that one time you pointed it out. Um, Sally, what about you? Where can the people find you? I'm at Sally Simply on social media, and you can also find me at sallymercedes.com for writing and singing and unmutedexpression.com for unmuted expression (laughs) (laughs) um and oh do you want to share xena hell's info yes you can if you like our intro outro music please support xena hell at z-y-n-a-h-e-l on facebook twitter and instagram she's the bomb.com all right and then real quick before we finish sally and i just wanted to share with you guys how easy it is to share an episode oh, of this a is great that you remembered this because I forgot. <laughs> yeah, because I've been thinking about it because, like I said, I've listened to a couple of really excellent podcasts lately. And if you're in the iTunes app, I'm going to pull it up right now so I can tell you exactly. She's going to give you the play by play. So easy. It's really easy. So, um, if you're looking at all of your podcasts and you see the one that's playing, you can click the little like three dots. The ellipses. On the the ellipses. Yeah, that on the um, far right-hand side, and then a little menu pops up, and at the bottom of the menu, it says Share Episode. You click that, and another little menu pops up that allows you to just, like, send a text message or an email or a tweet, and it'll have the link to the episode automatically in there, and I use this all the time because if you tell your friend, you're like, hey, go find this podcast, and this is the particular episode that I want you to listen to, they're not going to do it, but if you send them the link... Yeah, it's... It's so good. Tyler and I do this for each other all the time. Constantly. And so we always ask you guys, if you don't mind, not if you don't mind, (laughs) we would love it if you would share your favorite episode of a year ago today Mm -hmm. with someone that you think might enjoy it because you never know how it might touch their life. And also because it would really help us. We're trying to organically grow our audience and reach more people. Mm -hmm. And that happens through sharing. Yep. That's right. And caring it, is caring. It is caring for <laughs> us and for each other and yourselves. I think that it's just, it's, I think that it's, ugh, what do I, I have feelings. <laughs> I'm having all these feelings that I'm trying to put into words. <laughs> but it's just so good to know that we're connecting with people, I think, also. And it helps us, like, kind of guide our like what we do, like Courtney, you know, if you couldn't tell we're neither of us know her and look, now we've got made friends. We want to be friends with you (laughs) and with so many people. And we want to know what you're enjoying and that it resonates with you. And you know, that'll, that helps keep things going. I think also, if you want to talk to us directly, we also have an email address, which is, what is it Sally? A year ago podcast at gmail.com. Ah, Perfect. And you can email us about anything. I had the idea the other day that if we start getting questions, we could have like a special little every other week oh, yeah. question and answer. That'd be so fun. Um, but to grow our podcast in these really fun ways that we want to grow it, we require some support from the people who are listening. So yeah. please, 
please, if you're enjoying. If not, I don't know why you're listening. Well, and I know that a lot of you are because, you know, you comment on Facebook and whatnot. And so that's great. And you can share it with your bestie or with somebody who inspires you. This is a very inspiring episode I found. Somebody inspires you. Just anybody who you get like a little nudge like, oh, I think that Bob would really love this. Bob's really into this kind of stuff. So I'm going to send it to Bob. Good old Bob. Yeah. <laughs> my next door neighbor's name is Bob from my hometown. Oh, I thought you meant now. And I was like, that doesn't work. <laughs> I don't know my neighbors now. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's, let's finish let's up. Wrap up. <laughs> this is what happens when Sally and I get overexcited and then our guest departs and then <laughs> we're just left to our own devices. <sighs> so fun. Okay. We love you so much. Thank you so much for listening. Even if you never share this. I, I mean, I really do love you for listening and I'm really glad that you're enjoying it and that you keep listening and that you're awesome and part of this community. That's all. Yeah. All that. Love y'all. Peace out guys. Next. See you next time. Woo-woo. Bye.